Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Good Works Podcast. Today, Sarah and I are going to talk with our colleague, Katie, all about scholarships. And please stay with us until the end when we'll all discuss what we're looking forward to in this new year. Happy New Year, Sarah. Happy New Year. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Cheers to a better and brighter 2021. 100%. I'm right <laughs> back at you. Uh, so even though we had really hoped by now we'd be recording together, <laughs> we're still not quite back together, but we've gotten the hang of this virtual recording space. So just as soon as we get back together, we'll be old pros at this distance recording stuff. Right. I don't think we're going to know what to do with ourselves when we're in the same room together, though, frankly. <laughs> it's true. It's going to be, we're going to be so giddy. I can't wait, though. I can't wait. Well, let's go ahead and bring in, if we're, you know, speaking of the word giddy. Yeah. So for our dear listeners, uh, Sarah and I record this podcast, and we obviously work at the Community Foundation of Elmira Recording in the Finger Lakes, but there are several other members of our team. And we are going to uh, introduce you today. You have heard her on previous episodes, but it's been a while. So, hey, Katie. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> so, yeah, we're bringing Katie McConville Katie, into everybody. the conversation today. <laughs> Katie runs our entire scholarship and youth philanthropy program, and she is fantastic. So I am really excited to have a chance for this conversation to have all three of us instead of two of us, because Katie has been spending hours and hours really reworking a lot of our scholarship process in response to a lot of uh, factors, but particularly as we were really looking at the racial justice um, conversation that was amplified in June in our local area with several Black Lives Matter protests, and that, you know, certainly are a huge part of the national conversation. This led to us looking at our processes and, you know, our work as a community foundation. And boy, we saw some pretty big things to change in our scholarship process. So Katie, welcome to the Good Works Podcast, and I'm just going to turn it over to you. Take us through your journey and what you've done over the past few months thinking through how to make sure that our process is equitable. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited for the chance to kind of share um, all of the changes that we've made to the applications and the process themselves, which won't really look like changes to first-time applicants, but um, there is a lot um, that is different. Um, and the most, the biggest part of that is um, these will help us, the changes that we've made will help us get a bigger picture of who our applicants are. Um, um, and so what I mean by that is that we know that not all students exhibit their leadership qualities through being a captain of a team or not all students are great test takers with high SAT and ACT scores, um, or that some students are showing community service through caring for their neighbors or families. So we're asking a lot more questions on our applications to kind of get at the different ways that we can express those qualities. Um, so this will come in the form of um, short answer questions on our application, um, multiple choice questions, um, and these will just help us get a broader view and understanding for our applicants. Um, so like one of my 
favorite changes that we've made um, and questions that we now ask is what are three things you are proud of having done? Um, and so it's an opportunity for students to really kind of reflect and think about what are things that they've done that are that make them proud um, and that other students may not have done. Um, really that kind of explicit chance to brag mm -hmm. about how awesome um, you are. So we're excited for these changes. Um, I'm meeting with our scholarship committee in February, and they will also go through a training um, that will we'll talk about these changes. Um, we'll learn about um, our own biases and how we can identify and minimize those um, and why um, the changes that we've made are necessary and important to getting to understand our students, not, you know, behind the test scores and behind the GPA grades. I love I'm that. I'm so excited for this. I mean, I love being able to read, you know, snippets of um, our scholarship um, applicants' essays and seeing the kind of things that they're involved in. But I think asking those questions is going to give us even more of a glimpse into students and just like you said, beyond the test score. So I think students are really, so you know, super duper, you know, traditional high achieving students like top of their class, best SAT scores. But we're going to be able to really dig into a whole other kind of awesome student population. Mm -hmm. And absolutely. Katie, a question that we hear often is how do students find out about the process and how are we going to make sure that we are reaching out to a much more diverse applicant pool? Excellent. Yeah. And that's um, kind of an issue that I grapple with each year trying to, you know, we have a ton of students out there. Um, and the best way I think that we can get to every student is through word of mouth. So if there's anyone listening to this podcast who has a friend or knows a student um, or um, knows of friends who have students um, in their lives that are graduating or um looking for opportunities to um, kind of help pay for college, um, share the message. Um, you know, we reach out to schools directly through guidance, school counselors, um, and teachers. Um, and we also reach out to other community organizations um, that are out there working with students, libraries. Um, any way that we can get the word to students is the best way to do that. Um, and it's all online. Um, the application is on our website, communityfund.org slash students. Um, and I also put a lot of information on our Community Foundation Instagram, um, which is our philanthrocat. It's at philanthrocat um, because we love anything with philanthro in front of it. Um, so Penny Lane, she's our office, our Community Foundation kitty cat. Um, so there's a lot of cat content on that page. Yes. Um, but also a lot of information about deadlines, um, scholarships that don't have any applications yet, um, just getting the word out there. Um, we encourage students to share, um, check it out, um, and start an application. And so if a student um, hears about the process and they go to the website and then they find they have questions and they're not sure what to do, how should they reach out to you, Katie, or, or how should they ask for some help because, boy, these are t hard times and everything feels so brand new when you're applying to college and scholarships. So what kind of support can we, can we provide to students? 
Oh, yeah. And I know just the word scholarships can sometimes sound intimidating um, and not knowing where to start with that process. So um, reach out to me in any way you're comfortable. So that could be through a direct message on our Instagram, um, through an email, cmm at communityfund.org, a phone call, um, or through your school counselor, a teacher or an adult that you trust. Um, ask them and, and we can figure out a way to connect. And, and I'm happy to walk through the process together. Oh, I love that. Thank you. And I would make the same offer if you know me or if you know Sarah or if you're a, a listener that works with us on other projects. Don't hesitate to reach out to any one of us. If your student would feel more comfortable talking with even John in our office, all of us are on deck to help students. And the way the process works, there's no, um, don't worry about it being unfair if you access us to ask for help. That's not the point. The point is we're here to help. It's just like with scholarship applications. Organizations can ask Sarah for help along the way, understanding how the questions work or why is this or what do you need from me when. You can do the exact same thing with scholarships. Nothing about this process is meant to be a gotcha it's the opposite. What we really want to do is support the community through this. And then it we turn it over to a selection committee that really work through the applications and look at each applicant and figure out, is there a perfect scholarship to, to match them to? So if Sarah or Katie or I have helped you along the way, it's okay. We are not then at the end of the day matching you up with a scholarship. Which right. I'm I usually, so glad. In, in grant world, I usually say something like, you know, it's our job to make your application be as successful as possible. Um, so we want you to be successful. We want, um, you know, grant panelists or the scholarship panelists to really be wowed by what you're presenting. So, yeah, we're here to help you all along the way. Yeah, sorry, I kind of interrupted you with that, Sarah, but I'm just glad I don't have to make the decisions. <laughs> That's right. Oh, gosh, no. It'd be too, there are too many amazing students. If I were making the decisions, I would be a, a complete wreck. I want, I, I just, I see so many applicants that are fantastic, and I would love everyone to go to to college for free. So, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, we, we have to pass this on to some really well-trained volunteers who are able to work through the selection part with a lot more calm and grace than I know I would bring to the table. Um, so, and then one last question for you, Katie, walk us through what happens to someone once they do win a scholarship, once they are the successful recipient. What happens next? Oh, yep. Um, so if you do win a scholarship from the Community Foundation, we will mail a letter to your address from your application. Um, so you'll get a nice, exciting letter probably early May um, notifying you of the scholarship award and the amount. And then you'll log back into the system that you've applied with. Um, so I always remind students to continually check their emails throughout the process. Um, that helps if their application is missing anything or um, if I need to get in touch with them for any reason. Um, and then what you'll do is you'll upload your, your um, 
tuition bill each semester, and we send the money directly to the school. So it's money that's not directly in your hands, but it's money that stays in your bank account um, when you're paying um, your your month your way through college. Right. And the reason that the money is paid directly to the institution, and that could be a school, a trade school, a nursing program, you name it, depending on the scholarship, is that way the student who receives the funds doesn't have to worry about paying taxes on the dollars they receive. If we were to cut the check directly to the student, they would have to pay taxes as income. So we pay the money directly to the school, and that way it's all nice and clean. So that's just one more thing to keep in mind and we like to explain those processes. And if you ever have a question, if you're someone who does receive a scholarship, again, every step of the way, we are right there to help you. And then you're really part of the Community Foundation family. We feel so much pride in our scholarship recipients, and we tend to follow them and their accomplishments and achievements for many years to come. And in fact, there are a handful of members of various committees and various selection processes that they themselves in the past were scholarship recipients. So maybe someday that could be you if you're listening right now. Go to the website if you're a senior or if you're someone in college or you know, you're know you an adult thinking about returning to school, go check out www.communityfund.org slash students and see what there is to learn in the whole world of scholarships. So Thank you so much, Katie, for joining us today. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. This is fun. Before we lose you, Katie, back into the land of scholarships, because I know this is a very busy time of year for you, I'm going to turn our usual question we end on, which is what are you looking forward to in the next few weeks, around and say, what are you looking forward to in 2021 as we're celebrating a new year in this January episode? Oh, that is a really exciting question to answer. Um, What am I looking forward to in 2021? Um, I am very much looking forward to the longer days. (laughs) It is um, the shortest day of the year as we record this. Um, So I'm just looking forward to um, kind of longer days and getting to spend time um, with the people in my circle um, that I love so much. Wonderful. That is true. Today is the shortest day of the year. And boy, it only gets longer from here. That's one of the nice things, right? Once it's the shortest, you know that tomorrow is a couple of seconds longer. Uh, So Sarah, same question. What are you looking forward to in 2021? Okay. Um, So I always usually have two. So I have my professional side and then my personal side. So I'll do professional. Um, I'm really looking forward to... um, mirroring a lot of the work that Katie has done with um, scholarship applications with our grant applications and um, training of panelists and really uh, reviewing our applications through a racial justice lens. Um, And then also just watching the community foundation and our board of directors continue to grow and learn um, as we, um, as we really try to, um, be our best selves for every member of our community. Um, and then personally, geez, I am really, really looking forward to seeing um, my aunt and uncle who are in New Zealand. I haven't seen them um, in over a year now. So um, God willing, they're able to come back to Corning in um, June. Um, it will be just really, really special to be able to hug and see family that I haven't been able to see in a long time. 
Oh, and yeah. yes, I look forward to seeing your aunt and uncle back in Corning as well. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of Aunt Deb. Yeah, <laughs> so everyone loves Aunt Deb. So um, yeah, I can't wait to yeah. for you and for our community. She brings a lot with her uh, when she's back in town. She's just a wonderful volunteer and just sure. all around great person. So yep. how about you, Randy? So I don't know about you all, but um, as I look through the media, you know, social media and the news, I am overwhelmed with emotion every time I see images of people receiving the COVID vaccine. Mm. And the rollout is going to be amplified in the coming months and certainly, you know, throughout 2021. And so I really look forward to seeing all of our essential employees, our healthcare workers, and our teachers receive the vaccine. Yeah. I know that with each person, that takes us one step closer to our communities being fully open in the ways that we anticipate we will see, you know, sometime in the spring, summer, and fall. So, boy, I am looking forward to watching our local health departments roll out the vaccination plan. And they are such great people. We are surrounded by really thoughtful public health officials in the Finger Lakes. And I trust them. And I know that they are working nonstop to get this right. So that is something I'm looking forward to through 2021. Um, and then, of course, on the personal level, at some point, Broadway will open again. <laughs> I and I will be there. Ha, absolutely. In 2021, Broadway will open again. Yes. I had tickets to see six, which yeah. poor six opened on the day that Broadway closed. So that is definitely top of the list of shows to see when Broadway opens. Yeah. Um, and then the question is what will open, what won't open, what, what is in development? You know, there's going to be all kinds of news. And then um, getting ourselves back into the Clemens Center. The Clemens Center is anticipating a 21, 22 year. And um, I've heard whispers of some of the tours that are planning to get out there once they're allowed to. And boy, it's going to be a fantastic season locally. So I, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, heck yes. I just cannot wait to see those lights, you know, bright and shining in the, in the marquee on the Clemens Center, you know, actually showing shows. So it's so excited. That's going to be what makes me feel normal again. Yeah. So, um, so thank you both, Katie. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for everything you've done for our scholarship process. I'm very eager to watch the new applications come pouring in. Um, and Sarah, I'm with you. I'm excited to see our grant-making program take uh, much more significant steps in the spaces of racial justice in the Finger Lakes and, um, and to work alongside our board, which are starting a you know nine-month journey of exploration, learning, and changes. So yeah, lots of good stuff coming in 21, folks, and uh, I'm here for the ride. So <laughs> with that, listeners, thank you for sticking with us all the way to the end. We look forward to being with you throughout the rest of the year on future episodes of the Good Works Podcast. Thank you.